You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Steps, he fires. It is Landon Collins for the fourth straight game. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. What's going on, Mike? What up, Grump? We were getting into summer, and that means big-time heat and big-time thunderstorms. If you can hear this and it's not crackling, the thunderstorm has passed, so... Yeah. That's, that's pretty pretty exciting for the last half hour here. So for the next six weeks, there will be little to no football news and a lot of me complaining about how hot it is because I don't have an air conditioner. So this is oh, this is, is day a, one. He is a whiny bitch. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, the good news is that summer means we are getting closer to training camp. No more OTAs. No more unmandatory slash mandatory mini camps it means we actually have a countdown now until we get to the um get to training camp so it's kind of uh it's starting to get close yeah and that would be officially the start of the uh 2018 season is that training camp that preseason um not really much that we can say after mini camp that hasn't already been said i mean it's it's mini camp and everything should be taken with a grain of salt i you know, a lot of people are making a lot of noise about, say, John Jalapio at center. And, you know, rightfully there should be some noise about it since we all kind of assumed it would be Brett Jones. But just because a guy is getting first-team reps in mandatory minicamp is not really indicative of much. Yeah. I think what all that's doing really minicamp is setting up potential storylines to look for as we get into training camp. Like... You know, before OTAs and before mandatory minicamp, we weren't thinking about the center battle as much as maybe now we will be. You know, we, you know, we're now going to be thinking a little more about Davis Webb, not necessarily beating out Eli by any stretch, but let's watch his progression even more. We've heard a lot of good reports about him. Um, You know, we need to start looking at special teams and seeing who's going to be kicking and who's going to be punting and who's going to be returning kicks. Just things to start looking at now that, Maybe these storylines are now going to be a little more in focus after what's happened in the last, you know, several weeks. Yeah, I think the only other thing really that came out of training camp that, um, or I'm sorry, we're not at training camp, out of mandatory mini camp that sort of caught my eye that you know maybe we weren't thinking of was uh, the name Curtis Riley. Um, again, to be taken with a grain of salt, but getting some first team reps next to, you know, Landon Collins or whoever they had back there in Landon Collins' place due to injury or whatever, um, was not really expected. I mean, I know a lot of fans wanted to see Darian Thompson again. Uh, you know, two years ago was a third-round draft pick, had some promise. Even Andrew Adams had shown and proven himself to be a capable starter. But this guy has gotten some reps, so it's definitely somebody we should keep an eye on. But yeah. how much more Oh, sure. That? It adds to the storyline. adds to, you know, nothing else. It's numbers and depth. We're not just throwing guys off the street back there, which we are concerned about the cornerback position. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on him. I'd rather have a keep an eye on that position battle than the fourth wide receiver, which we always seem to. So, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least this is a starting position. It's, a, it's an immediate depth position. You want to do our weekly ODB check? <laughs> still dead. There's your ODB still, check. Still dead. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Um, I, I guess, like, the biggest headline coming out of uh, last week, Beckham was hosting a kids' event of some kind, some athletic event or whatever, 
where a reporter finally got in there and got a question to him. Are you know basically are we going to see you at training camp this year? And he said yes, yes sir, you will. And they said no holdout. He said no holdout. So you know ideally that's what we would want. Um, we'll see if it comes true. I, it is a piece of leverage for him. It, take take that with a very significant grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. You, you sound like you kind of got got him off guard a little bit. Asked him a quick question uh, that could change at a moment's notice. It's not a contract by any stretch, uh, but it's positive to hear him on the right side of the answer. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As opposed to the wrong one. Well, on, on the fan side of the answer, I mean, it's also what he should probably do. Um, in all likelihood, the Giants brass wants this guy for the rest of his career, so it's not as if he's going to get shafted or anything like that. But still. Um, I try to tell people to keep in mind that players have been working their craft since they were very, very young children. This is the biggest opportunity they have for a payday, and their career could be gone at a moment's notice. So, I don't have a problem, even if he does hold out for a little bit, for those reasons exactly. It's I look at the end at the end game at the end of the day. Odell Beckham will be a giant. Will be a giant for a long time. Something will get worked out. I am not going to get my panties in a bunch if he misses. A day, a week, a game of preseason. I'm not. Yeah, he's been around. He's been around the block. He has the chemistry with Beckham. You know, it's not like he's. I think he's a very serious guy when it comes to this team and his performance and his preparation. So don't think he doesn't have his nose in the playbook, learning everything. Even if he's not physically, you know, on the field for the first day of, of uh, training camp. So I am not going to sweat it. If anything. <laughs> Part of me is like, good, there's less chance he can get potentially hurt. Yeah, I was going to say, just keep in mind, you can't complain that he's holding out and also complain once he gets banged up real hard in a preseason game or something like that. And let's let's do one thing also. Just because you see a random Instagram picture of him jumping up in the air, (laughs) that does not mean he is A, 100% ready to go, and B, has been 100% ready to go. I mean... Game conditions where you are running at top speed, cutting at top speed, getting hit at top speed is a lot different than making circus catches <laughs> against air wearing your pajamas. So everybody just don't make, you know, everybody always does it. I'm sure Skip Bayless is all wound up for a week of shows about it. Cool to see him. I'd rather see him jumping up and making catches than with a huge cast on his leg, but relax people. <laughs> yeah. Too true. Um, I mean, like I said, that was the biggest news coming out of it. Don't take too much into it, but still nice to hear. Um, we can move into a, uh, our season preview as we've been kind of barreling through with our, uh, way too early look at the upcoming season. Um, just a reminder as to how we're grading these. It's, uh, loss in pen, loss in pencil, win in pencil, win in pen. Uh, in terms of our prediction as to how strong we feel about a win. Um, for a quick recap, uh, the Cranky Fan has the Giants at 3-3. Three and three. I have them at 4-2. and two. Uh, We both had a loss at Jacksonville. We both had a win at, De- uh, at Dallas. Um, we both had a loss at Houston. We both had a win against New Orleans. Cranky Fan has a loss at Carolina. I have a win. And we both have a win against Philadelphia. So that brings us all the way to the Giants at Atlanta. 
that's another Just Giants podcast road trip. We will be there. That's true. That would be a lot of fun. And I think we are going to be leaving Atlanta with our pencils out with a win. Wow. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> I just, you know, Atlanta, what do you think about Atlanta? Do you consider them a serious threat to win the NFC? Well, here my, my thoughts on Atlanta are when you look at this roster, it's absolutely stacked at every level. Um, you've got a solid quarterback who has a good arm and a good head on his shoulders, probably middle of the road, like in the top 15, but not in the top 10. You've got two very good running backs. You've got now three solid wide receivers with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Mohamed Sanu. Um, you know, tight end is a little whatever. They've got a pretty damn good offensive line. The defensive line has a ton of pass rushers. The uh, linebacker core is pretty solid, and the back end is is pretty solid also. You know, the head coach, is Dan Quinn, is a very defensive-minded guy. The thing that really holds them back is I think that Matt Ryan chokes in the postseason, and I think Steve Sarkeesian is a terrible offensive coordinator. Yeah. So what I think is, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're going right into the, the trap I was starting to set with you. It's like, on paper, the team looks good, but... You know, Steve Sarkeesian is not a winner, and I don't no. think Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan is not a winner. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. I think this is a team that, for the next couple of years, as long as they keep this roster as solid as it is, are gonna do really well in the regular season and just fall apart in the postseason because Steve Sarkeesian's a pussy. He doesn't take <laughs> risks. It's, I mean, he is. That that Philadelphia game last year was pathetic. I don't care. I know what Philadelphia did was amazing. You know, with a backup quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. But by all rights, should have lost that first game against Atlanta. There's right. an unacceptable performance from Steve Stark. The, skid, the skids were greased by him, yeah. for sure. And and also, you know, they're playing in potentially, you know, one of the one or two toughest divisions in the NFL, I think, this year coming up. And, you know, they're not going to go through that whole season unscathed. So by the time we catch them at this point is, what, week seven? They could be pretty banged up, too. I, I just see the Giants have gone into Atlanta in the past and have won. I've been there. I've yeah. been there for Monday night games where the Giants have won in Atlanta. So I'm, uh, I'm putting this one in pencil as a win, a little bit of one of those NFL shockers that, you know, how did this team win this game? How did this team lose this game? I'm going to put this one as the, you know, Giants will probably be like a six, seven point underdog. And I think they're not going to cover. I think they're going to win. I mean, it's totally plausible, especially since you have it as a pencil. I'm I'm putting this as a loss in pen, and I'll tell you why. Like I said, I think that this this roster is stacked. I I I think it'll be close. Just because I say it with more confidence that it'll be a loss doesn't mean that I think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. But you know where you said they could be banged up at this point. The way I'm looking at it is the Giants could be banged up, and if if Janoris Jenkins is hampered a little bit. This is already a lot for the secondary to handle with with Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. And if Janoris Jenkins is in any way slowed down, then you've got Eli Apple I could see getting picked on a little bit. Someone's going to have to cover someone in the slot. I have no idea who that's going to be right now. I just it's one of those ones where I kind of see it I can kind of see this one being like all Atlanta right away. The Giants kind of muscle their way back, and then the fourth quarter is like each drive ends in a touchdown back and forth until they lose by seven because they just can't stop them. 
That's and kind of how I see this ending. And here's something else to consider with this game. We will have 11 days off from the Eagle game to this Falcon game. I mean, so that, that's definitely true, yeah. We will have a little time to rest up some of the nicks that we have and to game plan a little longer as well. So, yeah, I, I do think this one will be closer than a lot of people think, but I, it's if this were at home, I would say win in pencil. Um, but it's not. It's in a brand new stadium. I just I picture it being loud in there. I just I don't know. It's hard for me to see it. Yeah. I, again, this is the one. I think if I look at the entire one to seventeen schedule this year, this is the one I think would be the biggest surprise. This is the one I'm going, you know, on the biggest limb for any of these predictions. Yeah. So we're now we're getting into weeks, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, where you're starting to see with this coaching staff and team being more as one. I think sometimes you see as a coaching staff is new, you see some bumps in the road in the very beginning. I think around week six or seven, you see some more cohesiveness between coaching staff and, and players. So I, I just think this is that one game where, wow, Giants go into Atlanta and shock them. That, that'll, I, look, if we're traveling to Atlanta, I would love to be walking out of that building happy. <laughs> um, Me too. <laughs> that, that'll bring us uh, back home for Washington at the Giants. I, how do you feel about Washington? I think they're going to stink. This might be one of my very one of my very few Giants win and pen games of the entire year. Okay. Let's elaborate. <laughs> Let's elaborate. Quarterback of the Washington Redskins is Alex Smith. <laughs> that is not Cousins. That's that is I think as a drop. I mean Alex Smith, you know, God bless him, but he is now 30 what? 34? 34, 35. I think he is a quarterback in the absolute right scenario, could be an effective quarterback. I don't think he's in the right scenario right now. I just think that Washington team is just a mess. I think that's a, that's a game. If Let's put it this way. If the Giants are worth their salt, and we think they have turned the corner from being god-awful last year and you know, are on the right path, it's a game they need to win. Sure. And I, think, I think it's a game that they will win. One o'clock game. You know, getting into late October, starting to get chilly, not freezing yet. I, I definitely see this game as a win, a hard win in, in pen. I'm putting this one as a win in pencil. Um, okay. I think that Alex Smith might be in the right system. I think Jake Gruden is the right offensive coordinator for him. The problem is, is that he doesn't have any offensive playmakers. I mean, the best guy when you really look at it is Jamison Crowder. I'm not a big fan of Darius Geis. Uh, yeah. I, think I, I think I made myself pretty clear during the draft um, on how I felt he was being extremely overrated. I think a lot of it had to do with the school he was coming out of. Um, at this point, I, can we agree that Jordan Reed is just done? You know, I love the guy. He's a gator, but the guy just can't stay healthy ever. And yes, I would it's, assume... It's surprising to me that he's only 28 years old. Yeah, it's it surprises me from the other side of my brain that I feel like the Gators haven't had a, a tight end in 500 years. And he was in the draft seven years ago. So, yes, that really surprises me. He's only 28 years old. <laughs> when I see this game, I see Washington just, Washington just unable to move the ball. On the other side of it, they've done a fantastic job of putting together a defense. Deron Payne next to Jonathan Allen with Ryan Kerrigan, Zach Brown, Marcel Spate, and Preston Smith behind him. That's a pretty good front seven. 
obviously you have Josh Norman in the back, and that'll that'll take the headlines. But really, it's this is going to be the the first test since Week One when Jacksonville just sacks the shit out of Eli Manning. This will be the first test since you know then in Philadelphia. Where the, mm-hmm. Are they going to be able to protect, recognize schemes, get their shit together? Are they going to be able to move the ball? And I think that this one is going to be a, exciting to watch in terms of we're going to be tearing our hair out, but boring to watch in terms of you know <laughs> the, the bombs and the big gainers. And I think it's going to be one of those grind-em-out games where by the end of the third quarter, suddenly the Giants are pushing the ball and they're they're getting big chunks of yards on the on the ground, and then you'll see the bomb to Beckham or you know Evan Ingram or something that opens it up. And I think they pull ahead with a win, but I I do think it's a lot closer than uh, you do, even though I do think Washington stinks. Yeah, I mean, again, you said this is gonna be kind of an ugly win. I think you're gonna see a lot of ugly games from the Giants this year. I don't expect all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this to be, you know, the fun and gun offense is gonna score forty points every game. I think there's gonna be you know, especially until we understand what this offensive line is and what they're all about, you know, you're going to see some turds in the toilet bowl, and this might be one of those games. <laughs> Thankfully, the Giants will be entering into the bye week after this, and they'll get themselves a nice long break. So they, they kind of have, you know, following that Eagle game, they have a, a really big gap from October 11th to October 22nd until they face the Falcons. Then they the, the quick turnaround here is another thing that, that popped into my mind is that six days later they're playing Washington. Um, mm-hmm. But then they have the bye week until they face uh, the 49ers, I believe on Monday night, right? Uh, yes, they do. So then the Giants will travel all the way across to the San Francisco area. Not in San Francisco, but nearby. Yeah, 30 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the big question is, is everybody buying all this hype about the 49ers that they're going to make this ginormous leak from being terrible to all of a sudden, you know, NFC contenders like some people are going a little overboard with. Well, I'm going to defer to you, resident insider on San Francisco. <laughs> Garoppolo was pretty damn good the final six weeks of the year. I think they either went undefeated or had like one loss going in. Um I don't know. I mean, you're more you're my guy more than I am. So my big thing is what's the story with their defense more than anything. When you look at their defense, Reuben Foster's uh, you know, he's a monster. I you, we all know I really wanted Reuben Foster. Yes. Um, their defensive line is actually pretty stout with Eric Armstead, uh, DeForest Buckner. They've just drafted Solomon Thomas, who's eh, whatever. Um mm-hmm. but you know, they've got three first round picks on that on that defensive line uh the big question for me is going to be their secondary and i think this is where we finally see the decline in richard sherman's career um is going to be this year uh and i i don't think that he's going to be able to match up very well with beckham and he's also not part of a system he's been for several years he's played with guys for a long time you know it's, it's 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 a big adjustment for him yeah so, I, yeah, I do I thought... think that this is an organization turning things around. I, I will say they put together quite an offensive line, and that's going to do a lot to keep Jimmy Garoppolo up. I'm not buying the Garoppolo hype as, like, I'm going to put him along the lines of somewhere around Kirk Cousins' level of skill, maybe a little below. Um, he's a good quarterback, but 
the the unreal hype that he's getting is and that's my point that people are going a little overboard with the you know this team's going to make the playoffs this team can contend with the rams let's relax you know yeah. let's let's see a play out i mean it was a nice run they had when i was at that game last year in san francisco sorry in santa clara <laughs> um that was even before the garoppolo i think he was just the trade happened i think the beginning of that week right he but... was on he was on the roster we did not play right that was Bethard. yes he actually had a pretty damn good game he well but you know again that's the giants that were free falling at that moment um if i recall was it the next week that we did the uh the stunt with uh geno smith it could be yeah because it was yeah so we were in com- we were complete free fall at the point. So, um, and again, that run that Garoppolo had those final five six games, season was kind of over. They, they oh, it was over. Yeah, I mean they caught a Jacksonville team that really, you know, I, I believe that was Christmas weekend, and they already had clinched. Yeah. So I don't think everybody was in one hundred percent focus. You know, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and they just kind of. Did their thing, you know, high profile again because it's San Francisco and that was a high profile trade. But let's see what Garoppolo can do now that he's the man and it's no more. You know, there's some tape on him now. Um, Not saying he's not going to be a good quarterback. He's not going to be a successful starter. But I think I need to see it a little more for him before I annoyed him as the next Tom Brady or the next Joe Montana. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I'm looking at with him is not necessarily him. You know, they put so much effort into making a defense. They've got a great offensive line. But Jarek McKinnon is probably the biggest offensive weapon that they have. And that is sad. Um, Pierre Garçon, I mean, is he supposed to be the number one wide receiver? <laughs> yeah. There's not that many weapons right now. Yeah. So, um, I think that's more what I think is going to be the San Francisco 49ers problem this year. Uh, they, they just, they're not going to be able to put up points. It's, uh, this is the Mets. Mets have Jacob DeGrom might be what? Maybe top five One, pitcher? For sure. Yeah. Top two or three pitchers in the National League right now, and he can't he, win. He could pitch. Because team can't score. Exactly. He could pitch a no-hitter into the eighth inning. The relief pitcher gets up one run, and they lose one nothing. I mean, that, yes. that's, that's what I Good see now. the 49ers being like. That being said, I think this is the wake-up call for the Giants. I think they come out of the bye week slow. I think they take it for granted. I think November 12th in San Francisco, it's outside I, I picture shit weather, and I think they play sloppy. This is my shit-the-bed game. Now, here's the thing. Meteorologist Cranky Fan will tell you that the weather in the Bay Area is very nice in October and November, probably the best of the year. So that will not be an issue. I, what I'm thinking is I don't think the 49ers are good enough yet to be consistently – Oh, we can pencil that one in as a win. I, again, I'm not buying the hype at all with them. They have to prove it to me that they are going to make that leap from being god-awful to contender or even god-awfully consistent. So I'm going to put that as a giant win in pencil. Nice. All right. So I, I have it as a loss in pencil. I just This is my trip-up game for them. I think I think you know I have them at 5-3, and three, which is way better than most of them expected. I think Washington stinks. I think Dallas stinks. I think they're really neck and neck with Philly, which is way better than anyone expected. I think they buy into their own hype and they come out of the buy sloppy. Okay. Well, well. again, do we know? We're not sure if the Giants are consistent. I'm saying the 49ers may not be consistent enough to win. Oh, we, yeah. still, we still don't know if the Giants are consistent enough to win. Yeah, you know, exactly. a game that we 
think they should win. Right. Even that we can we can put that last sentence in pencil also. Of course. That you know, but I think that the 49ers have a little more to go than the Giants do to be that consistent. Absolutely. They can win. Yeah. This is a breaking news update. My lovely wife just stuck a Garoppolo jersey on my on the studio office right here and she's waving it around right now. <laughs> Are you picking the uh, 49ers to win in pencil or pen? Pen. Wow. She says she says 49ers in pen, so Hey, check it out. So Cranky Fan's wife is the first guest on Just Giants. <laughs> How's it feel to be the first guest on Just Giants right now? Pretty good, she says. <laughs> Be sure and catch out her podcast, Just 49ers, coming soon to iTunes and SoundCloud, produced by the Cranky Fan Podcast Network. Let's jump right into Week 11. So this is November 18th. This is another quick turnaround game. It's at home. You give it a start. You know, you've got roots in Tampa. I do have roots in Tampa. Uh, you know, it's going to be the triumphant return of um, JPP. Yep. Be be interesting to see, um, Jameis Winston, one of my arch enemies in life. <laughs> in life. If he if he is not on trial for some upcoming domestic violence or rape charge, it'll be nice to see him on the field. But we'll see about that. <laughs> um, they're a team that's uh, they should be better than they are. Like I, I said a couple of minutes ago, I think the NFC South could be the best division in football. I think a lot of that kind of depends on where the Bucks are. I mean, if you yeah. look, you know, Winston now is a number one overall pick. He's starting his fifth year at the Bucks now. He needs to be in the shit or get off the pot point in his career. Uh, Mike Evans is, you could say, in the same category as as Beckham. He may not be as flashy as him, but he's definitely a, you know. He's reliable, I would he's, say. He's reliable, you know. Never mind the game we saw him in Tampa two years ago and he had 6,300 drops. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that was weird. It was very strange. Uh, but I'm going to put this one as a giant win in pencil as well. I, I'm getting a little more optimistic as this season goes along, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> but I believe I have them four wins in this uh, this segment. You just did five in a row. You have a win against Philly Atlanta, Washington, San Francisco, and Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I think that this is the point, and my next prediction will be, this is when the national media goes completely overboard and how good they think the Giants actually are. Okay. I think this this is the point where, you know, Pat Shermer gets canonized as being the next door Talis. I think this is where James Betcher becomes the next um, buddy Ryan. I think we all need to, you know, so you're going to see a little overreaction to this potential run that I have just predicted. And it's not necessarily because I think this team is so great that they're five in a row. I think just the way the, the schedule matched up and the, the off weeks and the breaks and the, the competition, that I could see them pulling off a little bit of a, a run. Okay. Assuming every, everybody is healthy and you know, we don't have the, the massive string of injuries and things kind of break the way I think they might break. I'm going to put this one as a win in pencil also. I will say Tampa Bay is doing the right things in terms of building a roster. Um, I liked the pick of Ronald Jones for them at running back since they desperately need somebody. It's it's a shame what happened to Doug Martin, but it is what it is. Yeah, we all, we've all, every team has had that issue. We've had that issue at running back as well, so. Yeah, Mike Evans and uh, Deshaun Jackson are a nice one-two punch at wide receiver. I think O.J. Howard is going to be... 
way better than he was last year. Cameron Brait is a is a pretty decent tight end as well. And they put together an unsung cast of uh, heroes at offensive line. I think they're all pretty good. They're all like middle of the road. Yeah, Tampa for the last couple of years has been the sexy pick for a lot of analysts to say, you know, that's our that's one of our wild card teams. That's our potential ten win Bucks team, and they've they've underachieved. And I think a lot of that's due to underachieving quarterback play to start. Listen, I'm gonna preface this. I like JPP a lot. I I'm not, you know, upset at all with anything he's ever done for the Giants. Um, other than blowing his fingers off. Yeah, I mean, you could say freak accident. Whatever, doesn't matter. The point is, is that what he was able to do to come back from that injury, um, you know, whatever. I, I don't have a problem with him leaving either. The Giants not retaining him, uh, trade trading him actually. Um, but Tampa Bay is going to see what Giants fans have sort of been arguing about with him. In that he a doesn't show up in big games. He's hurt a lot, and it's not like hurt like he's out. He's just nicked up and sort of half-assing it out there, and it's because he's hurt. Uh, they're right. gonna they're gonna get a close-up look at JPP and all the gripes Giants fans had about him. It's also it was a little annoying how he seemed to play up on a contract year and then last year kind of disappeared a little bit. Well, the whole team disappeared last year. Let's be serious. That's true. Un- understandable, but still. No, I, I get you. The spotlight goes on you and you sign the contract, the one that, you know, in hindsight, the first reaction of a lot of Giant fans when the trade happened was, oh, salary cap relief in 2019. Yeah. That was kind of seen as the big asset. So... I think the big problem they have on defense is they have two starting corners that are under six feet tall, and I'm not sure how great Brent Grimes is going to be at 35 years old. Yeah. Uh, Vernon Hargraves Jr., uh, the third guy I love, has underachieved so far in in the NFL. Uh, I saw him for three years, and I knew this was the next in the line of DBU coming out of Florida. You know, guys like Joe Hayden and and the like, and – He's underachieved, and there's and there's definitely gripes about him in in, in the Tampa Bay area. I mean, so it's to be fair, he's only 23 years old. That's uh, true. He can absolutely. I listen. I would you have rather taken him than Eli Apple at this point? His performance versus Eli Apple's performance. I think they're kind of the same right now. Wow, I don't know, man. Yeah, but you talking about what was happening on the field. Well, I mean, he wasn't even on, on the, the field, field last year. I, I, that's true, but it's, I mean, a lot of that was attitude. I, I, he, if Hargraves is underachieved, he's definitely underachieved. Definitely. Yeah, um, you're right. the The attitude thing is definitely something you have to factor in for this debate. Um, Nevertheless, I, 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 yeah, you know, you know, whether it is or it isn't, I, I, I just don't see them being able to stop an aerial assault. I don't think the pass rush is going to be as much as they expect at a JPP. Especially at this time of year, it's going to be mm-hmm. at home. I I I see the Giants putting up big numbers. A team that traditionally does poorly when the weather is not very good. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to put this as a win in pencil. I think the Giants are able to move the ball in the air, and I think that's pretty much the end of the story. I think Jameis Winston has trouble. Um, it, I mean, that's that's pretty much the end of the story right there. I, I just don't think that they're. I think Tampa Bay is doing all the right things. I think they're one year removed from being really competitive in the South. Yeah. But I think they, like I was saying about before with the South being a great division, I think they definitely will be teams. They will be a struggle for teams to have to play them. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You seem a little more optimistic than I do about us, you know, 
You had them in pen, didn't you, or pencil? I have them in pencil, and and I I did not like the Vita Vea pick. I was I think Vita Vea was the most overrated draft pick this year. I, I forgot to mention that. You are not the only person who has said that too, yeah. especially down there. Listening to uh, Sports Radio when I was down there, there's definitely some griping about that. I'm I'm just saying when I looked at the tape, I was not for a guy his size. I was seeing him go backwards quite a bit. So after week 11, where do we stand? After week 11, you have them at 7-3. and three. Jeez. Wow. I have them at 6-4. and four. I'm going to look rather foolish if they're 4-6 uh, and six at this point or 4-7. and seven, but, Oh, so uh, will I, but... It's just kind of the way it kind of shakes out. You know, we were, I'm doing a real quick glance for the next couple of weeks, and... Hmm. If, we are, if we're 7-3... and three, Going into the final stretch, this team could really be cons- talking wild card and maybe even considering, you know, battling Philly. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Philly's going to have to prove it to me they're as good as they were last year again. Absolutely. Yep. Next week, we'll have season preview four and then just one more. Keep in mind, too, this is kind of our first glance at the schedule, kind of our high level. What do we think? You know, obviously, as we get more into the season, we're going to have a lot more in depth analysis on each opponent, what we think strengths and weaknesses, how we really match up. But this is kind of our thumb in the air, feeling how the wind is blowing. What do we think we're going to do? So we also are in the middle of June, and we're always more optimistic than we probably should be. So hence seven and three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what got into you. Maybe you had a great breakfast or something today. <laughs> or maybe those eggs were just bad for me. Who knows? <laughs> I'm just hallucinating. E. Coli. <laughs> yeah, that's what food poisoning does. It gives you <laughs> irrational expectations for your football team. <laughs> Be sure to follow me on Twitter uh, if you would like to call me out for being a doofus for not having as many wins as Cranky Fan at this point, or doofus for having too many. I know it'll be one or the other, but I'm at football underscore grump. I am open to being called a doofus. Um, the podcast, please, please sub. I, you know. Only just learning that we have subscribers. This is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, let's give a shout out to M I I K I K E Michael B for yeah. actually subscribing. If you're out there, thanks for uh, hey, thanks for tuning in and listening. Not just for subscribing, also shouting us out, uh, quote tweeting and saying to follow us. That's awesome. Thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, man, go to, come to the first giant game. We'll buy you a beer. Yeah, for real. Uh, I don't want to see I don't want to see 17 people come up to us and say I'm Michael B and yeah. I'm demanding a beer. But we'll, you know we'll have who a password are. for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll DM you a password. Um, but yeah, please follow on iTunes and SoundCloud. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't have to be reminded that there's a new episode. You just kind of wake up Monday morning groggy, get in your car, and you're surprise happy. <laughs> That's all it took. That'd yeah. be fantastic. <laughs> You can find me on the Twitter machine at the Cranky Fan. We are discussing my Gators in the College World Series. The fact the Rays can't beat anybody that's with an over 500 record. These are some of the things I'm pontificating about on Twitter on a nightly basis. So, um, yeah, give me give me a follow at the Cranky Fan. And as always, please download, subscribe to the Just Giants podcast and also give us a nice five-star rating and a nice review. So more people who do that, the more people we can interact with, the more Giant fans we reach. And as always, the better chance of us to get a sponsor so we can be filthy rich. Yeah, it sounds like Mike's giving out a lot of free beer too. So 
<laughs> yeah, hear that, sponsors? That tire, are you out there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jameson? Zigmeister Brewing. What you, what's going on? <laughs> Duff <Duffy. laughs> All right, everyone. Let's go, Giants. <laughs> <laughs>